everybody. This is Andy Wyrick. I'm a certified nurse midwife. And I'm Jalen Stickles. I'm also a certified nurse midwife. And we are with Holistic Care at the Chamber. And this is Midwife Monday. Thanks for joining us on this rainy day in Houston, Texas. Yes, welcome. We've had a lot of rain lately. We, I'm sick of it. I feel like Greytown. I want to go swimming. Really, I don't. I just want to have the choice. <laughs> Because I'm, I'm not going to go do any of the things I say that I'm going to do. And you but, have a pool. And I have a pool. But I'll go out there. But I'm not going to swim in it. I want to get in the hot tub. Aww. See, and she harasses <laughs> me, y'all, because I never go swimming. You're not an outside girl either. No. No. We're, we're not that. Like, I see people posting pictures of themselves hiking and all these things. And I go, oh, you're so awesome. That is not what I want to do with my free time. I actually used to be an outside girl. Like when I lived in California, we lived in Northern California. So the weather's nice and temperate there. It's never, it's rarely too hot or too cold. And I was outside all the time there. Um, There's lots of things to do outside. And it was quite, and there's really nothing that wants to kill you there. Like the giant cockroaches here, the mosquitoes that dive bomb you and I don't know. There's a lot of bugs here that want to attack me. So it's I'm, for not, you, though. I'm not really a fan. And horse flies. Who ever heard of horse, oh, you know what? horse flies attack? It, I almost called you, They're but mean. I thought it's 11. I probably won't call her and wake her up with this information. But I was doing this thing for my son's graduating and I was writing down all these facts. And I was looking up redheads because he's a ginger. And bees are highly attracted to redheads. Oh, Jalen. Yeah. I don't know if you've known this, but I've actually been swarmed on two occasions. I do. I'm not just a little swarm. We're talking the hive ran after me. They liked you. It wasn't nice. It's your pheromones, girl. Yeah. Full grown a woman acting like a three year old. That's how I was. I think it's reasonable. It was horrible. And my hair was like super long. Like now it's long, but it was like long past my butt. And they were all in my hair and in my scalp. And Ted was pulling them out. And my younger Ew. boys, my younger boys were, uh, it was awful. My younger sons were like fighting them. Like, get away from my mom. Like they're being more adult than I was about the whole situation. I wouldn't like to be swarmed. So you said you had long hair and it just reminded me, my you have an aversion to bees. Chris has an aversion to long hair. He really thinks this when it gets lower than your mid back, um, that it falls in the toilet. Like we're incapable uh, of moving it over. So it's no. just, you know, swimming with your duke in the toilet. So yeah. when he sees people with long hair, he imagines that it no. it's in the toilet with them. So Chris, he doesn't like never, it. Never my hair's never played with the duke <laughs> in the toilet. You said duke. <laughs> just using the language of my people. That's right. <laughs> So let me let me tell on Chris. So first off, Chris said, babe, you you realize that your parents listen to this and they're like walking around the kitchen and set it up to listen to this. And I'm sitting in the chair watching your dad watch you talk about having ass play with me. (laughs) I said, yes, I do realize that. (laughs) <laughs> it's part of the great joy I find in sharing all your information. You should have done the red hot tamale trick with me and I wouldn't have discussed the alternative <laughs> idea. So here it goes. This First off, we had three babies this week. Congrats to all our babies. Woohoo, moms rock. We really had four babies in the span of a week. We really did. Everyone took their turn. So thank you very much, all our moms. And they did a fantastic job. Yeah, they always do. And babies are great. And it was... um. It was a relief from the rain, except no babies were born on my day. <sighs> so sad. It's so sad. You're not. I'm not. 
<laughs> She's not sorry. I think they all should be born on my day. Yes, you do. Um, so I decided it's been probably 15 years since I have videoed anything uh, in the bedroom. Oh, no. So I thought do I want to know this. You probably don't want to know. But oh, I thought Lord. I'm going to allow it. Have you seen that meme of the dude from uh, <laughs> Bridesmaids? Not Bridesmaids. What's it called? When all the groomsmen are in Las Vegas. And, and the doc, yeah, and he's like, allowed. I had one of those moments. Chris was like, you should see what I see. And he's already grabbing the phone. Like, I don't really have an option. He's videoing it. And he reaches for the phone. I'm like, allowed. So he videos is it. And I will tell it because I watched it the next day. I, I wasn't up for watching it that night because I didn't. It's really about the sound you make. I don't want to hear it while it's happening and like the macaroni and the pot noises. Like I'm not trying to hear the noises or me. I think I sound sexy when I'm having sex until I hear it. And I go, Oh my God, like a dying Buffalo, like just bad. Well, I watched the video. I was like, dang, like my body actually looked like an upside down wiener. I thought that's nice. Um, but then here's what happened. And if anybody has done this before, I had to re-video it. We had to re- I can't vi- visualize the upside down wiener thing. Uh, a you might have to send wiener. me a picture of that. You want to you share the video? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. I don't believe it, but go on. So he's behind me videoing his view because he always like, oh, you look so beautiful from behind on, and you should see what I see and all the things. I'm like, well, shit, let me see what you see. Maybe I am beautiful. And he's doing it. And y'all, I don't do sperms. <laughs> sperms right so he has a condom on so it kind of sucked the like coolness out of the video so we had to do a redo the next day without the condom and it is way better so visually for the man it's a way nicer picture i understand but it's i'm not going to stop using condoms because it's gross but i understand his directing change Hmm. Hmm. all right and welcome to Midwife welcome Monday. Welcome to Midwife Monday. Hi, Kim. We're going to do a total shift. Because <laughs> we went from videoing home porn to uh, we're going to talk about postpartum depression, which is a really serious topic. So I'm going to try my best to not be Andy for the next 10 no, or 15 be minutes. Andy. There's more than one side of you. There is. I actually am sweet. We, tr- yeah, we trick y'all all the sweet. time. I y'all, I'm, really, I'm kind of mean. mean. You're kind of mean. We trick y'all and y'all think I'm the chill one. Jalen's the chill one, but you drop F-bombs. You just admitted it. I do. You're like, don't say the S. I'm like, on <laughs> here. But I think on one of Midwife Monday, I ranted and I did throw the F-bomb out there. It happens. Like when I get really animated about something it's and I'm feeling really word. passionate about something and I'm really mad about usually it's a medical industry that makes me mad then i'm dropping the f-bomb right but it, it is in the english language it's a verb a noun it's an adjective it's really just universal you can throw it in anywhere it's very colorful yeah i like so, it yeah it in the right punctuation mark it's a good word oh yeah it serves its purpose yes. well especially if people don't hear you say it all the time because then it has more impact i hear you say it a lot <laughs> It's her butthole, except oh, except you no. don't share it with everyone. No, I don't. <laughs> she likes it, though. And I don't share my butthole with people, either. So, hi, Leanne. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about postpartum depression. Okay. Let's. And 
I think we need to talk about it more because it's a lot more prevalent than we think it's going to be. Um, research shows us that it's anywhere from 13 to 25%. And the really the sad thing about it is that more than 50% of those women go undiagnosed. Um, so one, they don't even realize they have postpartum depression. They're just feeling sad and they just feel like, oh, life is just busy right now. And they don't even understand until they're out of it how bad they felt. Right. Right. Which makes us really sad. Like, just tell somebody how you're feeling. Um, we want to know and we want to help. But most of the time, they don't realize they're even in that depression mm -hmm. state until they're completely out of it over a year later and they're actually feeling themselves and feeling good. And then they look back and go, wow, that was kind of a sucky year. For and me. I think that was something you kind of ran over, but that our culture doesn't realize at all is that postpartum depression isn't in those first six weeks. Oh, you've had your six weeks yes. checkup, you're golden. Postpartum depression can last up into a year and depression can even last beyond. Right. And it could not even the onset of it, like you might feel just fine at six weeks and eight weeks, and it might not even hit until you're like four months post having your baby, four or five, six months down the road of having your baby. And then it hits and then you're not even equating it anymore at that point. So um, it could happen anytime. In that first year is the most common time that's mm -hmm. considered postpartum depression. And we know all the parts of, you know, it's it's more prevalent in media now. We're talking about it more, which is beautiful. But typically we look at it just a, at this um, really big emotional standpoint and how are you feeling. But I want to touch on a little bit of the other things, because sometimes moms don't feel like they're worthy of getting help. There's not enough time for it. I'm not I'm just going to deal with it. I'm going to you know, put on my big girl panties and deal with it. But when you look at what other things it affects in your entire family, it goes beyond you. Your baby can have long-term effects into their adulthood as far as emotional and cognitive skills. Absolutely. Uh, it, it can really affect them as far as bonding with your baby and um, vocabulary and communication. It's a really big deal for your baby. It's a huge deal. And not just for your baby, but your whole family. So if you have severe postpartum depression and you're not looking your baby in the eye and your baby's not seeing you respond to their emotions, whether they're happy emotions or sad emotions, your baby takes cues from you. So if all that they see is the sadness and the disinterest and flat, flatness about you because you don't have it in you to bring anything else forward, then they're going to be taking on that same type of flatness and they don't really learn how to interact appropriately um, to you and to other people. So that gives them like a lifelong um, hurdle development so, issue and hurdle to come through yes. and over with. And then your other children are seeing that as well. And it also increases risk of divorce because yes. husbands don't recognize it. And all they see is this woman that they didn't marry who's completely changed, um, not realizing that she's in a really dark place. And she doesn't want to say anything because she should be happy. She's got everything she needs and she's got food and she's got shelter and she should be happy that she has these children and she's not. Um, and then they feel guilty about it. Yes. There's this big guilt, so it just piles on, and they're not getting the help that they need because they don't want to tell anyone they're feeling this way. Right, and that's why I, I glanced at it, but I think 
60% of women are undiagnosed. So you said that there's a percentage of women. What was the percentage of women who have postpartum depression? About 20, up to 25%. And 60% aren't diagnosed. And 50% aren't treated, right. even when they are diagnosed. Like you'll go to your six weeks. Sometimes you'll have this um, form for you to fill out and not everyone does it. We're not even doing it right now, but we do screen in different ways, verbally. We're going to start doing the form. But there's a couple of forms, questionnaires that you can fill out um, that screen for postpartum depression. And sometimes this is what I've seen in physician's office. They give it to you, you turn it in, and nobody ever looks at it. <laughs> right. They just tick it off that they gave it um, without any real good interactions about it or, or discussions about it. And it is recommended that it's given. And I remember in the places I worked before, um, we did it once when really AMA recommends at least once. It's most beneficial if we check in at different, po different points in postpartum. That's part of why I really like that we're doing the extended postpartum package. Well, what was really interesting in a lot of my research that came out is that the American um, Medical Association and the Pediatric, um, American Pediatric Association, mm -hmm. is that what they are? Um, they actually recommend doing those screenings at the well-child checks, yeah. that you're actually giving that screening to parent to moms at the well-child checks. I don't know if that's happening. Some of you moms that are seeing um, physicians for your children, pipe in if you've ever been given a screening at your child's um, well, child checks at two, four, six months. I think when they come in at 12 months, do they come in at nine months in there too? Nine months, 12 months, so. and 14 months. So in that first year, it's recommended to give the moms these screenings at every well child check, which I think is brilliant. But then I wonder what happens after that. Is someone really looking at it? Is someone talking to the parents about it, the mom about it? And are they getting help? That's that's a little shady on the research, not yeah. showing. There's not very much information. Really, there's not very much information. That That's just the truth of it. There should be way more when this is such a prevalent thing um, that's affecting so much of our lives and so much of our families. Um, so there's two different screenings mm -hmm. that are out and about. We happen to like one over the other, and it's actually the better test, but it's the one I actually see less often right. because I think the Edinburgh is a little bit easier to give somebody. It's a really quick circle these answers. Um, and, and the questions are really simple to follow as far as what would you do in this case? Are you happy every day? Are you sometimes happy? Are you never happy? They're really simple. The problem with that is people have become really familiar with that screening test. This is one of the problems. And you can Google that. It's called Edinburgh. And people are, they know how to answer it correctly because nobody wants anybody to know that maybe they're thinking bad thoughts or maybe they're sad because that means maybe change has to happen and ch nobody likes change right yeah and the other screening that i really like is the postpartum depression screening scale or pdss um, which is a little bit more in-depth screening that's a little hard to skirt <laughs> which is what we get good at and that has a much higher um rate of detecting postpartum depression in general and better specificity yes that's a hard word on a whole which means it's better at detecting it it's um it's a good screening test yeah 98 percent. so it's it's fairly accurate it's pretty accurate when um clients take it yeah so um that's a test that i 
that's a test we're eventually going to start implementing. Right now, I, I wouldn't say we're failing it because we talk a lot about it, but we don't have this formal piece of paper. We talk more about generalized questions that you would find on the Edinburgh or on the PDSS, but it's a conversation. And I do like that, but I also like this structured test that is really good at detecting it. I like both. So I think it's important to still keep the open, because you can tell so much off of a sheet of paper. Like, how are they answering it? What are their eyes doing? When you ask the question, are they immediately tearing over? Those things tell a lot about what's happening. And it's hard to be vulnerable about mental health. And it's hard to be vulnerable when one of the questions is, have you thought about harming yourself or your children? Who wants to admit to that? That's a really hard thing in our culture to say yes daily. I have a plan to harm myself. But when we hear those things, we know you're struggling and we can help. Right. And I think one of the things that we do and what research has really shown to be helpful is pre-screen. So we're really good about pre-screening. What is your history? Um, and not just history of depression. Do you have trauma in your life? Right. Because having babies in that postpartum can trigger those traumatic events in your life. And you don't even know why you're feeling the way you're feeling. So it's excellent that we do such good pre-screening. And that's really what everybody should be doing is pre-screening. Um, what are your risk factors for postpartum depression? If you've had it before, you're a little bit higher risk. Or if you've got a history of depression in general that you have in generally under control, mm -hmm. then your risk of postpartum depression experiencing that is going to be a little bit higher than the than somebody else. Um, and I think one of the reasons some people, especially in our world, the home birth world and out of hospital birth world, people don't want to say anything is that they don't want to be treated with medication. Mm -hmm. They don't want antidepressants. Have you noticed that? I have. Um, and that's not the only answer. And if y'all don't hear anything else, an antidepressant, I, I don't even think that's a great fix. Um, but what research does show that's a great fix is just generalized counseling is just as effective as an antidepressant. There's lots of options. Right. And then as we're, as we're pre-screening, the other thing we're getting to do is really know the family. What are our stressors? What are our anxieties? And those are kind of the things that lean toward depression. But then also, what are the strengths in the family? What kind of support do you have? Those are important because when you don't have a good support network and you don't have help and you feel like everything's on you when your partner's gone back to work and you now have two or three kids and wow, this is new and I'm overwhelmed and I'm blue and, 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 and it can feel like the mountain is just too hard to climb. But if we know in advance, hey, these, this is probably going to be part of what happens because it's in your history and you're at a higher risk. Let's make some plans now. Let's do some education now about what we can do postpartum to mitigate some of those risks, um, like placenta encapsulation, like having somebody come over once or twice a week to keep up with the other siblings in the housework while you take a nap. Because part of depression is really hard to sleep and we need sleep mm -hmm. to catch 22. You can't sleep, but you need it. Um, 
And if you've, um, I think there's two scenarios here. There's the first time parents that aren't expecting it when they hit um, because everything is so new to them that it's sometimes hard to differentiate. Do I have postpartum depression or am I just overwhelmed? Because, wow, this is a lot more than I expected. Um, And then there's, if you've had a history of it and Andy's talking about making that plan, really putting solid plans in place. Do I have a counselor to go to afterwards? There's people that specialize in postpartum depression and they're amazing and brilliant and they know how to walk that path with you and talk you through it and allow someone just to listen to all these scattered thoughts that you have and help you put them in order because sometimes that's what it is you're having all of these wild scattered thoughts and you can't make sense of what's going on and just having someone to walk those thoughts with you um, helps put things in perspective and then you're coping a lot better Mm -hmm. and maybe you are in full postpartum depression because now you've got some skills and plans in place that help you through that. Right. I agree. And just to touch a little bit on the differences, because you can have moments in new parenting where you are blue. Mm -hmm. There's a big difference, right? So, well, I guess there's not a big difference. There's a point where it just shifts. Right. But there's differences. It's normal to feel overwhelmed from time to time. Mm -hmm. It's normal to cry from time to time. It's normal to be tired from time to time. You, it, everything's new and, and it is overwhelming and nobody really wants to tell you that. They all want to tell you about unicorn farts and rainbow sprinkles and, you know, kittens with bows. But parenting can be hard, especially mm-hmm. new parenting. Um, and if you don't have a support system, it's even harder. So the, the main thing to know is there are differences and you should be talking to your provider about how you feel, no matter if you feel like it's trivial or if you feel like it's big mm-hmm. and navigate it together. And to break down that just a little bit. So typically in the first couple of weeks, some people experience what we call postpartum blues, which is just a, a vacillation of those emotions up and down. You're happy one minute, you're sad another minute. You watch a beautiful commercial and it makes you cry. Or your husband or your spouse or your um, significant other looks at you funny and that makes you cry or you're angry. And then the next minute you think they're the best thing on the world. That's kind of typical of postpartum blues in that first couple of weeks. Um, depression's much different. Yes. What wouldn't be normal and you'd want to reach out to your provider would be If you're not wanting to get up and take care of yourself each day or take care of your baby. So that means you're not brushing your teeth. You're not brushing your hair. You're never getting out of the same panties you've had on for three days. You don't want to eat. Um, You don't find joy in anything, especially like if you've got another little one at home. And before you had the baby, you were playing with that your other little one and they made you excited. You look at them and your heart just melted. And then all of a sudden you're just like, whatever. Yeah, it's too much. I just can't even do it. Oh, you're cute. Yeah, I don't know. And I'm not feeling it. Right. Yeah. So if you're seeing that now, you may have days that you feel that way. But if you're feeling that way every single day for more than two weeks, then that's an issue. Mm-hmm. That's that's some depression. Happening. And then that wouldn't be an emergency. That's a make an appointment with your provider and, and talk through it and get some help. What would be an emergency would be you're thinking negative thoughts of harming yourself or harming your baby. That is an immediate call to your provider and possibly even 911. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you should feel comfortable in talking to your spouse if you're feeling that way. Um, sometimes in that dynamic, I feel like it's a, big things are happening. Like 
somebody's working, someone's taking care of the kids. And I think sometimes couples don't want to burden each other, right? Because there's so much stress going on in their lives, but your spouse needs to know what's going on in your head. Um, well, they already sense it. it. And then they think what's going on. That's why the relationship problems happen. Right. Um, they really need to understand. And sometimes I just recommend to all my spouses, don't ask her what's wrong. Ask her, I see you're struggling. How can I help you yeah. address that? She's struggling. Um, we really don't want to hear what's wrong with you because that sounds excusatory <laughs> and not helpful. Would you agree? Yeah. And they're really meaning it helpful, but it doesn't feel that way when you get what's wrong with you. Amy Trovinger is telling us that they did it every visit until one and a half years or so. So her pediatrician was on top of it. Excellent. Awesome. Amy, yay, your pediatrician. And Kim is just mentioning throughout her comments that she, this is touching home for her, that she wishes she would have had somebody that explained things. And that's so common. We hear that a lot. People just didn't know what they didn't know. Right. Yeah. And know that there's other things that can be done besides an antidepressant. But y'all, if you need an antidepressant and that's what it takes to get you through then let's do it. Absolutely. Right? It's not the only answer and it's not necessarily the first answer, but if you've tried everything else and that is the answer, then that's what we should do. We shouldn't have to live in that sadness for the first year or two of our baby's life. Forever. We Forever. shouldn't have to ever live in that. Yeah. So it's okay. I think that's it. Yeah. If you have any questions or if you have ideas for Midwife Monday, please reach out to us. This will be on podcast later today. We're on everything. And we're staying in the top five for Midwife Podcasts. I'm pretty excited. That's really exciting. Um, let's do a couple announcements. No. No? Yeah. <laughs> so we have a blue tent coming up June 19th. Yeah, the day before Father's Day. What time is it? I don't know. One, uh, let's say it's like one o'clock, I think, I think so but it's in the events on our website. I'm really excited about this event. Yeah. Um, so all you men that want to come talk about your experience with um, becoming a father, how it was for you, to, for your wife to be in labor, um, come in, listen to other dads. I think it'd be even good for new dads, don't you think? Oh, yeah. That haven't had children yet? I think it's going to be cool. Come on in. You don't even have to have children. Maybe your wife's pregnant and you need some insight. And I hear that the men are a little scared that it's going to be a kumbaya and they're going to braid each other's hair and it's going to be all strange. Well, you could if you wanted. That's really up to you. We're not going to be here to direct that. But it's going to be, be. It's going to be vulnerable yet comfortable. Yeah. It'll be okay. I think it'll be good. I think it'll give a lot of good insight. And everyone will finally get to meet the man who I have all these sex stories about. <laughs> They're going to look at him and start laughing. They're going to be like, I know, what about <laughs> your man hot tamale? <laughs> That's it. That is it. Thanks for joining us. See you next week.